online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. On today's episode, was there some type of negative energy lurking in the laundry room of an unsuspecting tenant? We will go into that story in just a bit. And this is an episode being recorded in uh, 2021, by the way. It's the old intro. I know that. I just uh, had to dig it up because uh, I, I used Google Drive for a lot of things, and it decided to completely move folders around on everything on my computer. So my normal sound stuff for the show ain't working over there. So I found the old intro and said, hey, let's we're doing a a flashback episode, flashback weekend on continuous hits 101 WIXX. Those are fun weekends. I like the I like the flashback stuff. That was when it was a novelty and there wasn't like a station that just played that all the time. It's Tony and Todd with you on today's episode, by the way. It, it was fun. And I remember, you remember doing like the, the Firecracker 500s where it was the yeah. top 500 songs of all time? Yes, I do remember that. Those were fun. And I think the number one song was... Um, Meatloaf? <laughs> no, I think it was Ario Speedwagon, uh, Time for Me to Fly or something like that. Really? Okay. I think so. Yeah, I think it. I think it was. It was. It was a good song at any rate. Um, but yeah, I remember doing those, and it was fun just because they would pull out the old jingles, and mm-hmm. you could play stuff that you wouldn't normally play. And yeah, um, I've done a, a couple of years ago. I was doing some top forty, and and they did an old school weekend, and so I was really jamming out because it's the stuff I really really like. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like a lot of the new stuff. Sure. So it was a lot of fun. I love the old school stuff, but yeah, that brings back a lot of memories. It's fun. I, I love just like hearing just the, the way everything sounded. You know, you don't you don't realize like the stamp of what time sounds like while you're in it until it, later. You have to go back and then you can really identify. Oh, yeah, that's what that whole era felt like. And it's just so neat to hear like radio or even like watch old TV reruns. Like if you can see like. Not even just the reruns, but where they have like the uh, the old commercials and everything in it too. Like you can find online sometimes. That to me is just it's interesting just seeing those little stamps in time, uh, or hearing them for what things sounded like. I actually like that is my pastime. So this past week, I I found two things that I felt were interesting. Number one, the song "1999" from Prince Mm -hmm. next year will be forty years old. (laughs) Forty years old, and there are still stations playing it. And and I get that. But it's forty years old. I, I and the song is fine. Can we move on? Isn't there like a, a isn't there like a decade of music nobody's playing anymore? Can we go and move to that decade? Well, we, we pick like two or three songs from like one decade, and then we never let go of them, uh, or, or or you know from one artist or some you know span of music, and then we just keep playing it in the mixture of everything else that's out there. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I cannot. I, I don't listen to much current. I, I know there's the, the thing is there are a lot of good current artists they're just yes. not mainstream and that's that's the thing i um I, I find so many or i get them suggested to me uh you know from you know things like spotify or pandora or whatever and it's like oh i never would have heard that before because you don't hear half of this stuff on the radio so right 
And I work for a, a station in the UK that is CHR Top 40 over there. Mm -hmm. And they are, they're way ahead of us over here all the time. Yeah. So a song that's like number one over there, maybe about three months later, we'll kind of be getting onto it over here. So that's always kind of interesting, too, to kind of know ahead of time what's going to be hot. Yeah, that's interesting. And there's, uh, there's inside radio for you, everybody. Yep. <laughs> From uh, back in the day. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, go over to our first uh, story of the day. I'm just trying to find. Oh, here. This is a long, scary music. Okay. We'll go with this. <laughs> just trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to like randomly find files as we're talking to keep the show moving. Okay. Says, so here we go. Hey, guys. Here's a story that I'd like to share. It's kind of more of a story about my husband, really. I'm going to tell you about the time that my husband accidentally exercised a laundry room, as he says. When he and I first started living together in 2011, we were dating. We rented an apartment in West Virginia. It was a college town and apartments were hard to come by. We were kind of desperate because I just moved from another state and the place we were going to rent had fallen through. We stayed with a friend of his for a couple of days, but that wasn't going to work long term. We finally found what felt like the one landlord in town that had a vacancy. And he had said that the apartment was being worked on and he wasn't able to show it at the time, but we could go ahead and sign a lease. Being desperate, we went for it. The first time we saw the apartment, it was freshly painted with new carpet. It was clean. It was creepy as hell, though. I've always been interested in the paranormal and had previously had some other experiences. I was pretty sure there was something going on in there. For context, the layout of the apartment was the front door open to the living room. Everything else was down the hall to the right. There was a kitchen, a smaller bedroom, and the bathroom on the left, and the closet on the laundry room on the right. The bigger bedroom was at the end of the hall, probably 50 feet from the living room. Standing in the living room and looking down the hall towards the bigger bedroom, the lights just looked weird. It seemed like no matter how many lights were on, it got darker the closer you got to the back bedroom. It also seemed kind of cold back there and felt weird. I've heard the theory before that apartments feel weird because of the residual energy from former occupants and that because they're places that people don't stay long. Lots of energy from random people builds up. I just assumed it didn't feel lived in because so many people had moved in and out and assumed it would get better. The one thing that was weird was that I just didn't like the laundry room. One of the first few days in the apartment, I mentioned that I was always afraid to open that door because I was sure I'd find a man hanging there. We kind of wrote it off to anxiety and moving in. We started out using the bigger room as the bedroom and the smaller room for storage, but eventually I started feeling too creeped out to sleep in that room and insisted that we move to the other room where at least the light seemed right. We moved our stuff to the smaller room. It was directly across from the creepy laundry room, which I didn't like. It was better than the creepy hallway. We lived there for a couple of months and I was just getting progressively more freaked out by the way of the apartment felt. One night I mentioned to my now husband that I was afraid to open the laundry room door because I was sure I was going to find a man hanging there. He said he thought it was strange because I had said that when we first moved in, even though I didn't really remember. A few days later, I opened the laundry room door and for a second I saw a man hanging in the, ho in the room. I freaked out, closed the door and asked my husband to do the laundry because I just wasn't dealing with it. He asked me to describe the man that I had seen. I started describing this older man with a beard and a plaid shirt, and my husband interrupted to ask if he had brown hair. I was wearing old jeans. 
Woods. And then we ended up going back and forth describing this man down to his muddy work boots. Turns out that my husband had also seen him recently. We were both kind of freaking out and started trying to decide what to do. We're going to call out our friends who were Catholic and knew a lot about blessings and stuff. We're out of the country. And it occurred to us that we had a local friend who was a Wiccan, really into the paranormal. We went to see her and she basically took one look at me and said, it's not the apartment, it's you. She did a ritual that I'm not 100% sure the details of, but that was supposed to keep things from following me. She gave us a red ribbon that she had used in the ritual and told us to hang it above the entryway of anywhere we lived. She also drew a run on a piece of paper and told us to draw that on the door to the fuse box, which was in the laundry room, because it was a protective rune that would keep things from using the EMF field to manifest. The last thing she did was to light a candle from another candle that she had been burning. She blew it out and gave it to us and said it was lit from a candle that was lit from a candle that was lit from a sacred place. And to light it at home and light all our other candles from it for extra protection. We went home and because it was late and because I had to work the next day and mostly because I'm the worst, I told my husband we would deal with all that tomorrow and that I had to go to sleep and asked him to do some laundry so I'd have clothes for work. I went to sleep and left him to do laundry. The creepiness of the laundry room just kept elevating. So he finally got mad and decided to put up the ribbon and light the candle to see if it would help. He did those things and apparently went to the laundry room door with a candle in his left hand. He says that when he touched the doorknob with his right hand, it was like he was frozen in place and couldn't let go of the door. He says that the door started to shake violently and he could hear a man screaming. I was asleep in the room across the hall and never woke up. When the door stopped shaking and he could move again, he opened the door and everything was fine. I can't attest to what happened while I was asleep, but I can say that the room was never creepy again. What he tells, when he tells this story, he always says it was the time he accidentally exercised our laundry room because he didn't know what to expect. This is not the only weird thing to happen to me in that apartment, but my other story is a lot longer because it takes place over several years in different locations. It does tie into this one and the ribbon that our friend gave me that night, though. Maybe I'll have to write back in eventually. I'm not sure who that man was or why he was there. Since then, I haven't seen him again except for in a couple of reoccurring nightmares. I sleepwalk, talk in my sleep, and move around a lot in a totally different living situation. I once had the same nightmare several times. I would be asleep looking out my bedroom window and wake up as I started screaming and violently throwing myself out of bed and away from the window because I thought I saw him on our yard right up next to the window above my bed. I'm pretty convinced that was just my brain being an asshole, though. I keep the ribbon above the door. We've moved a lot, and anywhere that we have multiple doors, I put it above the one I'm most likely to use. I have a roommate now who's part of a coven, and they all agree that the problem is that things attach to and follow me, rather than me finding haunted places. I have a lot of stories, even some that are more comforting than scary, but I'll stick to this one for now. I wonder if you guys have any thoughts about all this. It would be so cool to hear my story on your show. Just recently signed up to be an EPP after I found you guys last week. I work overnights and listen to you guys at work. You guys are awesome. Keep making the great shows. And thank you for uh, sharing that story with us. And I should note, in case you're wondering why Todd hasn't jumped in yet, 
he lost power at his studio while I was doing that uh, that story. So I'm not sure if he's going to be coming back with us today or not, but if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he does it. We will make it through. But uh, going back to um, the, uh, the the story about everything that you just experienced there and and having all of those things happen and being having it be determined that it's not it's not the location it's not the apartment it's you and then to think that you know it seemed to kind of work getting rid of something like that that um if i were in that situation i don't know how i would handle that i think i would be so paranoid <laughs> if someone said it's you um I would be really concerned for like, what is this thing going to do to I, I, my concern? Would be, am I going to become possessed? That would be the thing that'd be going through my mind. Am I, will I be possessed now at some point if this thing's attached to me and how do I get rid of it? And is there a risk of being possessed if we try and, I mean, I would be going full out exorcist. Um, <laughs> just like, okay, freaking out. But, um, wow. What a story. Thank you for sharing that one with us. Our uh, phone number here, 855-853-4802. At Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. It's funny, just doing this show tonight, it's almost like uh, something was not wanting us to get this thing on the air. Uh, because all of the, the music that we normally have, our intros, our outros, all of those, I, I'm having to try and refine on a hard drive where everything was moved around. So I just grabbed the old stuff and went with it. And then Todd losing power and getting completely knocked off the air. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not feeling anything particularly weird uh, over here tonight, but I don't know. Things happen for a reason, and I don't know what it is. It might just be the guy that's down the road from Todd cutting trees. Uh, that might be the only uh, only reason that we're going to come to uh, for that. All right. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. As I throw it over to a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Let's hear your story. Hey guys, um, sorry I got cut off. So, um, number one, I want to just reinstate that I've been listening to the podcast for about two years. Um, I've had many experiences throughout my life, um, and I would say nine up to ninety percent of them, I always, uh, you know, just said there's a logical reason, kind of brushed it off, that kind of thing. And finally, I'm coming around um, and accepting the fact that uh, we don't know everything, and there's definitely at least energy when we leave there's there's something um so i'll just be to the point and i'll tell you how it happened um when i was either seven eight or nine years old um i saw my uncle that had passed away um clear as day sitting on my aunt's sofa um and then i told my aunt and my uncle in the morning and they said oh no 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 you know you must have been asleep blah 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 that kind of thing and then five days later um, my aunt who has since passed away that has nothing to do with that um, told me she was sorry because she had just seen him um, the day before in broad daylight sitting in a chair in their living room so um, yeah <laughs> So I will start off and just be with the story here, or what happened, I guess, the event, because it's not necessarily a story. Um, so my uncle had passed away. I forget the exact age. I would have to ask my mom. Um, 
when I was either seven, eight, or nine years old. My uncle and I were not very close. Um, I had seen him, you know, a few times um, throughout my life. Um, my mom, to this day, tells story about tells stories about my uncle because he's much older than she is. Um, how he was always there for her, um, you know, as a kid, if she was ever bullied or, you know, picked on or if she felt alone, he was always there. Um, and my aunt, of course, my mom's sister, and my uncle um, did not always get along. They kind of butted heads, that kind of thing. And when my uncle passed away, my aunt kind of regretted that she wasn't closer to him, my mom told me. So growing up, I would spend the night over my um, aunt's house. And my cousins would spend the night over our house quite often. Uh, we were less like cousins and more like brothers and sisters. Um, I was extremely close to my um, female cousin. Um, and we went to the same school district, so we'd walk to school, that kind of thing. So my uncle, unfortunately, had passed away from cancer. Um, and he was cremated. And I didn't know this or realize this at the time, but his ashes for the time being, we were being kept at my aunt's house for a little bit, um, which I didn't know. I was too young to pay attention. And one night while I was spending the night over my um, aunt's house, I was sleeping in the same bed with my cousin, and I something had woken me up. And I thought I heard a TV on downstairs, which I thought was kind of weird. And then I thought, well, maybe my other cousins, I have two male cousins, um, were maybe up like playing video games or um, watching TV. And then I was like, oh, I'm kind of thirsty. Let me just go get some water. Um, so I got up and went downstairs. And I had, I remember as a kid, I remember feeling like going down the stairs, I just felt like, like this odd feeling in my stomach, just like something's not right. So I go down the steps and I look into, the, they had actually two living rooms. So the first living room, I look in there and there's TVs off, there's nothing there. Um, the street light is illuminating the entire living room at that point. I could see every aspect of it. Then I go through the hallway and go to the second living room, turning on lights and stuff, and expecting to see one of my um, my cousins sitting there just watching TV. But not only was no one downstairs, there were no TVs on, no radios. It was everybody was asleep. So I got my glass of water, put the cup back in the sink, and then I proceeded to go down the hallway to go to the steps to go upstairs. And I got this extremely, I don't know how to explain it, extremely hollow feeling over me. And I just felt as though I was being watched. I was not alone. And again, this was, you know, like nine years old. And I thought, hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know... I, Maybe I'm just scaring myself because um, I had put the lights out, that kind of thing. So as I go up the steps, um, something just felt like it was watching me from the living room. And the living room looks stairs directly at the steps. And I, I looked over and on the sofa in front of the window with the street lights shining in that room, there sat my dead uncle and he was at this point, not staring right at me. He was looking kind of straight ahead, so I was on his right side. Um, immediately, there was no question it wasn't him. It was as if he was 
physically sitting there. Um, it wasn't like something like, oh, I could only see top of his, his top half and not his lower half. Oh, I, I could see through him. I could see my uncle. My heart started pounding so fast. Even talking about it, I get nervous because it was so real. Um, my heart started pounding so fast. And I remember I tried to go like scream for my aunt or Kimmy, which is my cousin, but, I, but you know, um, and nothing was coming out of my mouth. Nothing was coming out of my, and I was frozen. Like I, I couldn't, I could not lift my feet up. I couldn't move. And I started to panic. It was horrible. I still can feel it. My whole, every cell of my body, I can still feel my panic. Um, then my uncle from, went from staring straight ahead to then turning his head to the right and staring directly at me directly at me look it makes me get like i was so scared i remember i then turned just my upper body and i was like grabbing at the carpeted steps just to get my legs to move and i ran up those steps <laughs> and i ran into my cousin's room and of course everyone's still asleep and I jumped in her bed because I was so afraid, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to pop up in this room. He's going to be in the corner because the room is dark. And, of course, me jumping into the bed um, woke up my cousin. And she was extremely heavy sleeper. Like, she would sleepwalk and stuff like that. So I got her to get awake. And I was like, I just saw Uncle Johnny. And she was like, no, you didn't. It was just a dream. Go to bed. And then I, you know, second guessed myself, like, oh, my gosh, like, maybe it was. But I was terrified. I remember it took me forever to go to bed. I, like slept next to the wall, in her bed with her, closed my eyes, covered up my face. I was so afraid he was going to be in that room with me. I, I didn't bother to look. So then that morning I woke up, uh, went downstairs, and my uncle and my aunt were, you know, making breakfast, coffee, things like that. And um, Kimmy, my cousin, had said, you know, tell him what you, what you, what happened last night. So I said, and my, my uncle's He's like a funny guy, and but he's got dry humor, so he's kind of rough sometimes. But I love him. Um, but he, I told him what happened, and he's, oh no, 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 oh, okay. What do you hang out with him like on the weekends? Like, you know, just made it dry. He's like, it was nothing. It was. So I felt kind of humili humiliated at that point, being so young, and I really. But in my soul, I, I know that I saw him. I knew I was awake. I, I the cup was in the sink that morning. My aunt had asked me, like, did you come down and get, you know, did you come downstairs? You know, that kind of thing. And I said, yeah, I got water. She goes, oh, okay. Do you want to use the same cup for the breakfast? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Water was just in it. So, I mean, it happened. It happened. Anyway, um, I told my mother when I finally got home. And I guess she could see how bothered I was that nobody believed me. And she was like, oh, it's okay. It's, you know, it's all right, honey. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Um, I don't even know if she believed me 100% at that point. And then, like, five days or something after that, I, I don't know the exact date. This was a long time ago. But I remember I, it was my mom that told me, oh, I have something to tell you. And I said, yeah. And she said, um, Aunt Linda saw Uncle Johnny. And I said, what? And she said she went downstairs to make coffee and... Uncle Blair was there, and they were, you know, making breakfast, coffee, things like that. And um, Aunt Linda looked over into the living room. This wasn't the original living room that I saw him in. Uh, it was their second living room. And he was, my Uncle Johnny in broad daylight was just sitting in the chair. And my Aunt Linda 
put the coffee pot down and said, I cannot do this today. And Uncle Johnny was like, "What's?" I mean, Uncle, my Uncle Blair, her husband said, you know, Linda, what's wrong? And she said, I just saw Johnny sitting in the chair in the living room. And um, I remember them saying to me, like, you know, we're sorry, that kind of thing. My uncle didn't see it, so he still kind of, to this day, I don't think he really believes it. But um, it felt good as it, it felt real good to get, like, okay, at least they believe me and, like, I'm not insane. But, um, yeah, I can't explain stuff. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why he was trying, you know, was he trying to say something to me or was he just there to visit my aunt because they didn't get along real well growing up or didn't have closure. I don't know. Uh, I can't, you know, read minds. But uh, I can, and I, I pushed that down and, and said, you know, maybe maybe I didn't see that for years. And then things started happening, not with my uncle and stuff, but to me, feeling, see, you know, feeling and seeing things and hearing things. Um, I don't know what's going on. I do know that it has to do with energy. I, I do. I don't know if certain individuals just go and some stay. I don't know why. I, I don't have the answers. I mean, one day we will, I guess. But um, always look for the logical reason for things. I mean, you know, mice, you know, power outages, things like. I mean, common sense. But that I can't explain. I mean, that I that I. I I can't explain. So if someone tells you something, trust them or at least be open to it because that was creepy. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Um, my name's Jessica. I don't think I even said that in the beginning of the podcast, uh, the taping here. Um, hope I wasn't too long, but um, yeah, just keep an open mind. All right. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, it's it is an interesting thing. Uh, what I wonder about sometimes with a situation like this where she turns the corner and then sees the uncle sitting there, just like reading the paper, just hanging out. What I wonder about sometimes is the living automatically assume, oh, my gosh, that ghost is there because they want me to see them. If they're around us all the time. Is it really up to them when they're shown to the living or when when we were able to pick up on them or is it just really completely random and you really got to be paying attention if you're a ghost for that moment when you kind of cross over onto the other side of uh the living seeing you if you want to get that message out because you only got like a couple seconds here and there so maybe they'll be better at that in the future because we have twitter now you know because used to be like people will be really long-winded but now there's going to be generations of people being so concise. We might get some of the best ghostly communications ever. Thanks to Twitter. <laughs> there you go. It was good for something. It was, it was good for something. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's do one more caller. Hi, you are on the air. How you doing, Tony? Uh, my name is L. We're both that uh, longtime fan and listener of the show. I have many paranormal experiences. I also host a paranormal podcast myself. Um, I will just tell a story of what I experienced last night here in the house I live in currently. It is over 120 years old. These are homes in South Central PA, around that old, some are older. Um, I got houses that have been around me in my neighborhood that have been up since the 1700s, uh, just to give an example, but you know, the East Coast. 
Um, yesterday, it was so oddly warm in my place that I decided to sleep upstairs in my son's room because the AC in his window was the best and he's away in college right now, so his bed is free. Um, I lay there and I have the AC on. It's about low, so, you know, it's cool, but it's not freezing. I fall asleep, then all of a sudden I have a... It's like I, I just fell asleep and I have a dream of some type of shadow figure touching in my back and like poking at me and I instinctively just woke up and jumped screaming stop fucking touching me and as I woke up I noticed that I could see my breath in the air and the AC isn't that damn cold um and I was freezing all of a sudden so much so that I, I had to go downstairs and put a shirt on and I just you know stayed in the living room and stayed up from that point on that was about 3.30 in the morning I am, well, I was a former EPP member, then I ran into some financial hardships, but I plan on joining back up soon, and um, hope to hear more great shows from you and Harper. Keep up the great work, guys. All right, take care. You see, I, I think I would have that exact same reaction there. So many times we hear something like this happening and the reactions, and I fell back asleep. <laughs> Honestly, I, like nine times out of ten, it's that. And I'm always surprised it's not this. <laughs> Al, you got the right idea. Uh, I, I There's no way I could go back to sleep if something like that were to happen. Just, you know, the, and being kind of in that, that state, too, in between, uh, you know, I'm not saying sleep paralysis, but being kind of snoozing and kind of awake. And if, your reactions sometimes are not even going to be directed to something paranormal. You're going to think something is touching you, maybe an animal, maybe a kid, maybe, you know, something in your house is coming to wake you up uh but then you realize oh my god there's this is not this is not any of that that would be yeah i think that'd be that would qualify for terrifying thank you for sharing that with us uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us and of course if you like our program you want access to the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories and so much more. Our bonus episodes, almost 400 of them now there. Our regular episodes, Into the Thousands. It is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Check out ghostpodcast.com or go to patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month will get you access to all of that in its entirety, all commercial free. It's what helps to keep this program alive. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Todd and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.